Welcome to Market Chat, bringing clarity to the clutter. Sponsored by Government Marketing University. Here's today's moderator, Luann Brosman. Welcome to Market Chat, bringing clarity to the clutter in government marketing with hot topics, best practices, exciting guests, and innovative ideas. I'm Luann Brosman. I am the founder and strategic advisor of Government Marketing University. And my co-host today is Stephanie Geiger, who is our co-founder at GMarkU, along with our executive vice president. Hi, Stephanie. How are you doing today? Hey, Luann. I'm great. Excited to be here. Oh, I'm so glad to have you by my side, as always. And we also have great guests today. Our topic is all around marketing IT services to the federal government, overall, actually, to all of the U.S. public sector, because the best practices that they'll be sharing with us today can be used in all of your government marketing practices. So let's kind of introduce our panelists today, because we are excited. You know, we handpick our panelists here on Market Chat because we want the best of the best, and the three we have today are absolutely that. Um, first, I'd like to introduce Carrie Drake. She is the Director of Government Marketing at Maxar. Carrie was also former president of uh, Women in Technology Washington. So Carrie, welcome, and thank you to joining us on Market Chat. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm excited to have this conversation with you guys today. We also have Andrea Mohammed. She's the Vice President of Strategy, Innovation, Marketing, and Communication. So that's a lot of responsibilities, Andrea. So we are so happy that you're here. You've been there 12 years, wow, uh, with focusing on eight different public sector, eight years of that rather, focusing on public sector. Um, and then you also, which I found interesting in your bio, you were Director of Marketing, and I cannot pronounce this, I'll need your help, Bagua. Um, School of Business at Duke University. So you fit right in with GMARQ and helping to teach our students. Yeah, um, RTI International now, but is Fuqua, the School of Business at Duke University. And we are really happy to have you here with us. And our last panelist is, last but not least, Joe Pendry, who is Vice President of Marketing and Communications at Akama. Before that, one thing I'd really like about having Joe on our panel today is he's got really strong marketing leadership positions with systems integrators, Lidos, Lockheed Martin, and General Dynamics. So welcome to the program, Joe. Thanks, Luann. Really happy to be here. All right. As I mentioned, what we're talking about today is marketing. Uh, your service offerings to the U.S. federal government is our specific focus with a little bit around, as I mentioned earlier, public sector. So let's just jump right into these questions because we have a lot of them to ask. So first, and this is for each of our panelists, tell us why you feel that this is an important topic. Why, when we reached out to you to talk about it, that you felt that it was a topic that uh, you felt like our audience needed to know. And Andrea, we'll start with you. Thanks, Luann. Um, I think it's really important for those of us that work in um, uh, government marketing, particularly uh, with service offerings, to understand that it's a, it can be a long and complicated journey, right? So whereas with product, you might be able to compare feature by feature and price point by price point, with services, there's no real head-to-head -head comparison, right? So it can make a buying decision even more subjective uh, for our clients. And as a result, I don't think that there's any real silver bullet in that we really as marketers need to play the long game, right? So we need to build trust and credibility over time and recognize that it's really about building a relationship and not engaging in a transaction. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Um, Joe, how about you? How do you, why do you think it's important we're talking about this today? Marketing is difficult enough of a process. It's a difficult puzzle to solve uh, for any marketer. And I think that if you don't have an appreciation of the the differences between services and products and some of the things that Andrea just said that are very, very different in how you will uh, approach reaching out to customers and positioning uh, your brand and your service, uh, then you do yourself a, a big disadvantage and you actually can waste a lot of time and money. So it's, uh, it's real important to have that foundational understanding. Ooh, I like that word foundational, you know, and marketing. Absolutely. Carrie, how about you? I think this is a really important conversation because when we get engaged, even with our peers and our colleagues that are also marketers, conversation always falls to, or often falls to hardware and software sales, traditional kind of um, traditional ways of marketing, but, you know, with a little bit of a different message for hardware and software sales to government customers. 
But there are so many government contractors and people that are working to market to the federal government where it's not about that easy hardware software sales. And I say easy, but, you know, we're not selling something tangible um, in the same way. So metrics maybe don't look the same. How do you measure that influence element uh, needed to shape a conversation around services and requirements? Um, to government customers. And so we're often talking about that hardware software sales, but where's the conversation on services? So that's why I think this is a good conversation. And the conversation is here at GMARC U Market Chat on Federal News Network, right? Love it. Um, So, you know, this leads into the next question, which is really what makes marketing services to the government different than marketing hardware and products? So Andrea, what do you think about that? Yeah, so building on Carrie's point, you know, the, the, the reality is, is that, you know, products are tangible, services are inherently intangible, right? So, so you don't have a widget that you can see, touch, feel, you know, your senses don't come into play. And oftentimes services are customized every single time, right? So we really have a burden of figuring out how to differentiate a custom solution that we deliver to clients every single time and that is really a personal human endeavor. It is our people, our staff, our technical solution providers, um, and their capabilities, their methods, and their knowledge, and frankly, their partnership that they bring to the client that we have to somehow figure out um, how to make more tangible, right? And this is a very human um, centric, again, back to my earlier point about it's a relationship. So how do you build that relationship with the client? How do you build trust um, and um, really bring a human centric approach to um, the way you market as, as a uh, government service kind of provider? And, you know, I love that word human centric. I think it serves very well in the discussion we're having today, but I think overall within Um, marketing to the government, especially as we are, fingers crossed, coming out of COVID. So Joe, I know you have some opinions on that. So I'd like to toss it over to you. Yeah, thanks. Uh, Yeah, I I, I agree. You know, when you're marketing people, you're marketing, you know, services, capabilities. And and as Andrea said, it's that's that intangible aspect that makes that very difficult. And it it does during a time like, I think it becomes very uh, stark during COVID when, okay, your, your salespeople, your BD people don't have the same level of in-person contact that, uh, that can help drive home the, the feeling or, or the trust that you're trying to, to develop with customers. So that really puts a burden on marketers to make that shine through. And, and now the tactics that you would typically use um, are, are limited and, and it puts a lot more pressure on, on the ability to, to get that message out there and get that trust, build that, that uh, understanding of whether it's the customized piece or the, or, the, or the quality piece or whatever it is you're trying to market, the things that Andrea was talking about, um, you know, that, that, that's been a real challenge. Uh, and I think it really has put a spotlight on the, the folks that, that, that do a good job of, of marketing services during the th- uh, past 18 months, however long we've been in COVID. Yeah. Seems like 18 years. <laughs> Seems like forever. <laughs> Carrie, what are your thoughts? You know, I think one of the biggest jobs we have as government marketers is um, creating marketing for credibility, right? This, our, the marketing that we are building is a credibility tool. We have a job to do, um, and whether it's influencing requirements or, you know, when we're responding to those RFPs and you're putting you know, what you say you can do into these proposals for, for your customer, got to make sure that what they see about you in the market is what you've said you can do. So, you know, are you backing up what you're saying you're going to deliver to them? And so we have that job of building credibility uh, through our marketing. Absolutely. And I think that We have a lot of power words coming out today. Credibility is another one, you know, as we build our list of important things we're sharing with our listeners and you've got to be credible. I absolutely, I totally agree with that. All right, let's talk about storytelling. You know, storytelling has been around for a while, but it's coming around more, I'm finding. And I think it ties into that human centric, right? Because by telling a story, you're really reaching into the emotions of your prospects. So I want to talk a little bit about that and 
get some opinions from, um, from each of you about what you think about storytelling and why you feel that it's very useful in marketing and selling services to the government. And I'll toss it out to whichever one of you want to first talk about that. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm happy to, to jump in here. You know, we, we talked about credibility. We've talked about the human-centric uh, component of government marketing. So, you know, and to your point of that emotional um, connection that you want to make, there's, when you can understand kind of the challenge to solution that we can offer through services um, and telling that story of why people are focused on the mission and the support of this customer, you're really going to be able to build that trust and that credibility that we talked about. So I think that's, you know, that's easily done through storytelling. Right? That fits right into that. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, Joe. Well, I was gonna, I'm sorry. I was going to add that, you know, when, when you're marketing products, um, they're, you're always trying to, to tell the value of the product, right? You're, you're talking about feeds and speeds, but then you're trying to say, well, and here's why that provides a value, why the faster widget saved you time or made your life easier. Well, with services, it's kind of lends itself to a story to begin with, right? You got characters in there, you got all the, all the aspects of a story. So it actually is a positive. It's, it's kind of the way you need to, to do it. And, and it's because it's about that customized experience. And so if you have ways to tell that through a story, uh, it, it, it just makes it that much more impactful. So. You know, and that makes me think of case studies, right? Because the best case studies uh, present the challenge, provides the outcome, and then the benefits from that. So you're kind of telling a story. It's right. Absolutely. In. Yeah. I, I, this is Andrea. I'd love to jump in and add um, on the storytelling aspect, like how do we equip our clients of really being the heroes too, right? So how do we let them take the hero's journey where they have some problem that they're trying to solve and we are a partner to helping them achieve their, you know, mission or mandate or whatever impact and, and really let them be the hero that goes through the journey, right? We are a, a shepherd, a guide, you know, but really we're in service to them accomplishing their goals. And how do we use what we do in marketing to help them further their objectives, right? And truly be that partner in that relationship rather than a transaction of just providing um, some deliverable to them. Yeah, there's another power word, partner, partnership, you know, um, government and industry partnership. And I think we as marketers need to, you know, all of our listeners need to really think about that when you're writing all your copy, right? Doing all your programs and your campaigns and um, especially marketing services is how do you talk about that partnership for sure. All right, so we've got just a couple minutes left here in our first segment, but I do want to jump into thought leadership. You know, how does thought leadership maybe differ? Um, you know, we know traditional thought leadership campaigns in government are usually tied to mandates or they're tied to cybersecurity or artificial intelligence or cloud computing. How are you able to map your IT services marketing into a thought leadership category? And I'll open that up to the three of you to see who'd like to share that. This is Andrew again. I'll happily jump in on this. I have a little easier hill to climb on this because we provide um, uh, professional research services um, to the government, which has IT components. But really, we're known for the thought leadership we bring in our subject matter experts on being able to deliver um, various science um, and research-related offerings to the clients. And for us, oftentimes those experts um, that might be the principal investigators on a study for the government are um, fundamentally the foundation of our brand, right? And so we put a lot of thought into thinking about the who is um, uh, delivering services. And sometimes uh, we have great opportunities to um, take the science and the research that we do that's published and then build media campaigns around that. And the brands of our individuals and our experts actually then accrue value back to RTI and our organization. So our people and their thought leadership are absolutely critical to helping differentiate what we offer to clients and that uh, science and research expertise. Um, so the PR component is huge. And then obviously we support that through all the other content um, uh, channels, blogs and webinars and white papers. Um, but they're huge. They're, we can't, it's almost inseparable, our people from our organization. Um, and uh, I just am really lucky that I get all these brilliant scientists to work from, and they make my job pretty easy, actually, on thought leadership. <laughs> 
Oh, I can only imagine, you know, how, how cool is that to have that powerhouse of, of subject matter experts at your fingertips? I think, you know, every marketer listening in would probably be drooling about that. Um, I want to hear a little bit more around thought leadership because it's so important, but I'm going to go ahead and take us to a break so we can come back and continue talking about the great information about marketing your services to the federal government. So um, you're listening to Market Chat bringing clarity to the clutter in government marketing, brought to you by Government Marketing University on Federal News Network. Government Marketing University is an innovative learning platform that applies a collaborative, community-based approach towards knowledge sharing and skills development in the field of public sector marketing. Experts from all corners of the U.S. public sector marketplace, marketers, thought leaders, government, media, and sales, are contributing their knowledge to this unique, content-rich platform. Government Marketing University offers training, research, certifications, mentoring, and community resources all in one place. Learn more at gmarku.com. Welcome back to Market Chat by Government Marketing University on Federal News Network, where we bring clarity to the clutter in government marketing. In this episode of Market Chat, we're talking about marketing your IT service offerings to the federal government including also we've got some public sector overall state and local government comments in here that will help all of our government marketers that are listening. I'm Luann Brossman. I'm the founder and strategic advisor of Government Marketing University. And our co-host today is Stephanie Geiger. She is a co-founder at GMarkU, along as being the executive vice president of Government Marketing University. And I'm happy to have her sitting here next to me today. We also have three government marketing powerhouses in the house today. We've got Carrie Drake. She's the Director of Government Marketing at Maxar. We've got Andrea Mohammed. She's the Vice President of Strategy, Innovation, Marketing, and Communications at RTI International. And we have Joe Pendry, Vice President, Marketing and Communications at Akama. So I'd like to welcome back our guest. And Stephanie, I'm going to toss it over to you to start asking questions and discussions for this next segment. Great. Thanks, Loanne. And thanks, everybody, again, for the awesome insights. So far, we've had a lot of great takeaways um, from this discussion. So excited to keep that momentum going. So we were just talking about thought leadership, and we had some great um, talking points there. And I think that transitions really nicely into research. So, you know, we know research can significantly help enhance a marketing strategy as it helps provide really critical insights um, and helps to inform uh, the business. So where do you guys go to get research when planning new services campaigns? Um, Carrie, why don't we start with you? Sure. You know, I think one of the biggest values that we have um, when we're providing services to the government is that we actually have have humans embedded there with our customers. They're working side by side every day to provide solutions and learning about the challenges that these customers face. So they really are getting firsthand look at, at some of the internal challenges of these customers, and they're able to come back to their companies and say, hey, you know, if we could do this better or that better. And that allows us to continue to evolve our offerings to meet the requirements of these customers. And it's, you know, it's just, it's such a value to be able to listen and learn alongside. You know, we talked earlier about being true partners with these government customers. And, and, you know, even as a marketer, I see it in that way. I love to go to events, listen to what people are saying on stage, knowing what questions we can answer and making sure we're putting that back out there to them to say, hey, we heard you say this. And we are, we are listening and we have an answer for you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. We always talk about go where government is going and that's a, a critical opportunity for marketers. And I think that, you know, some of the product marketers might be a little jealous because those are the types of insights that they always wish for, right? The behind the scenes, the talkings in the halls and the things that are really going on, um, you know, in the inner workings of the agency. So I think that's a little bit of a leg up that as service marketers you guys have because, you know, you're working in partnership, uh, you know, with those government agencies. So how about Joe? Why don't you talk a little bit about where you go uh, for research? Well, I, I think before I do, I wanted to to really footstomp what Carrie said there, and and it's it is a luxury, and it also means that if you're a marketer of services, you really want to have a good relationship with both your operations side, that's day to day working with these folks, as well as your kind of sales BD capture, whatever what kind of organization you're in, to kind of that's a great feedback loop, a great source of information. The other advantage we have. This is great because there's a lot of positives we're talking about on the services marketing side. But the other advantage we have is that in government, uh, you know, the plans and the buying intent is all information you readily have access to versus in the non-government side. And, uh, you know, that that should and if it doesn't, it's it's criminal. It should inform your plan. 
I mean, it really should be where you start. And then you're really going to get these nuances from your own kind of internal intel. So um, you, you need to use that. You need to make sure that your marketing at a very basic level speaks the language of your customer, but also understands where their priorities are that they've signaled very in a public sense, all the way from strategic priorities to, like I said, buying intent, timing, all that. And, uh, and that really is a, is a luxury. And when I know, I know people come to government marketing from the private sector and they, they, they're, they're kind of blown away with how much, how much uh, access to information you can have to really inform your strategy from a marketing perspective. Absolutely. And it would be a, a huge miss not to mention again, right? Those strategic plans publicly available, use them at, you know, have this information at your fingertips. If you don't know what a strategic plan is, um, it basically defines the mission goals and the means by which we'll measure its progress in addressing specific national programs uh, and problems. So it, it really is that uh, deep insight that you can leverage in your, your sales and media efforts as well as in your marketing efforts. So thanks, Joe. Um, mm -hmm. Andrea, anything to add to that? Um, I just uh, remind marketers to not forget their own data. Right? What do they have in their marketing automation system? Who's engaging with what content? How do you make sure that you look at you know, uh, the stakeholders and stakeholder mapping on who you really want to be connecting with? And you know, where are you already engaging? And where maybe do you need to um, put some effort into uh, reaching the right clients at the right time? So your own first party data, your own systems probably have a wealth of information as well for helping to determine how to optimize the campaigns uh, for specific offerings. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a great um, transition into talking about tools, right? I think we've had such an evolution of the tools that we have accessible to us now as marketers. And um, you know, how do you start to tie in agency-based marketing or ABM into services marketing? I love, Joe, how you talked about during our prep call that you guys have been doing ABM for years, right? It's kind of become the newer, cooler thing on the market. Uh, the last five, but this has been something as a services marketer that you've been doing for a long time. So uh, why don't you talk a little bit about what you're doing um, to tie in, you know, ABM into your, into your world? Yeah, well, like you said, you know, when, when, you know, that story, when I had it explained to me by Forrester Gartner, some company like that about what ABM was, and I said, well, that's, that's how we've been doing it <laughs> for a while. You mean, we, we look right. for the individual Forever. people that have influence <laughs> and we market directly to yeah. those guys. So uh, and so, yeah, that's that kind of goes hand in hand with this the strategic element that we talked about previously, right? I mean, you, you want to really make your um, your tactics and your budget be as effective and as efficient as possible. And so, yeah, using tools like a ABM, which is like I said, how we how we've been doing it for a while, to identify those those folks, and then and now as as we get more and more digital, using ways creative ways to to uh, to get your message to those people in an in effective way with all the things that you wanted that we talked about earlier, the differentiators tied to their, to their strategies, all those types of things. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And Andrew, you had some interesting thoughts around kind of deal level marketing and uh, you know, when you're an incumbent, what you want to do to kind of hold that position. So talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah. So in general, you know, ABM is awesome because it allows you to take even small budgets to be effective because you move from big marketing, spray and pray to actually small marketing, but really high quality. Right. And so thinking about, you know, in our organization, you know, there's about maybe a dozen really key accounts and they matter a lot to us. And we, you know, really focus on making sure we differentiate our offerings with those accounts. But then when you go down into a deal level campaign, like, you know, ABM is one thing. And then getting down to uh, a deal level um, is, is, has been really a, a new place for us. You know, we are a big incumbent on a variety of uh, many uh, multi-year um, engagements and reminding our clients that we're a good partner to them and, uh, um, sort of continuing to do customer marketing is really important for, you know, not resting on our laurels. And so we've done some really focused campaigns where we're targeting that client on a specific, at a time when we're uh, in a procurement process, right? Um, and uh, we've seen some great results. That single client going to the content we want them to go to, there might only be 30 people who went and spent nine minutes on that content on our website. And that's a huge win. Right. So, so precision and small marketing is actually, I think, 
uh, really important for those of us that uh, serve the government. Mm -hmm. This is Carrie. I can add to that a little bit as well. You know, we talked about that credibility tool, making sure that we have, that we're showing um, what we're telling them. We're showing that also on the website if they're going to check that out. But, you know, another example here is really getting in, you know, when you're talking about being an incumbent or being up for, you know, another, a renewal on a contract. And it's, when we can get down to the level of the users, right, and create that demand signal for whatever that service is that you're offering, um, and and they're making that influence to the people with the buying power because it's just it's everybody's talking about marketing personas and who are you you know who are you trying to target and it's really you know you need the the users telling um, telling those people with buying power that they really need more of your data or more of your service or their capability to work in a different way. And that this, um, this contractor has really worked alongside of them to understand the needs. And so you've got that influence internally uh, with those customers as well to really make that influence. And then, and, and then the credibility tool back on your website with the right messaging. You know, I think that's a really good point. And, and I like the idea of the pull through. That's definitely what you're trying to do. I would also say that with ABM that having messaging for those specific types of buyers, so knowing who, what the end user wants to know, but also what the procurement folks want to know, right? Because that that's, could be a completely different set of criteria of pains, and that's another part of research, and, but also part of ABM, right? That you, Knowing those individual pieces yeah. along the way that are going to get you from sample to buy all the way down the funnel. So um, that's a good point. I, I like that. Yeah, I think, you know, this year at Game we're talking about government personas, and I kind of think, you know, government personas and ABM go hand in hand together, and you guys are talking a lot about that, right? Identifying the various personas of different parts of the buyer journey and building those relationships. Do you guys have any good examples of, uh, you know, leveraging government personas in some of your ABM campaigns? Yeah, and this is Andrea. Um, you know, we really, um, it's almost not even a persona. We know who the buying panel is. We know who mo many of the influencers are. And really understanding their problems and speaking their language and making sure that comes through in whatever content we're putting out there, whether or not we're, you know, putting together thought leadership papers or um, webinars or even our ad content when we're doing uh, account-based marketing. We even have personalized homepages now for key accounts that come in and make sure that we're highlighting the right content and getting rid of the noise for them, right? And so the better we know our clients, the better we're able to articulate why we can help them solve their problems. Um, but sometimes, like I said, it's not even a persona. It's like we know the person or the people who are going to be part mm -hmm. of that and, and really getting that client intimacy, whether it's through your, you know, your own research and what they say in public or what an agency's priorities might be, um, and then connecting back into your account executives and your business developers and making sure that you kind of get the nuance of what matters to them and then, you know, be really relevant. Marketing's job is to be really relevant to those customers um, in ways that matter to them, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I, I have a, I was going to say, I have a, a persona story to kind of your, I was thinking about it while, while Andrea was, was talking and it wasn't for my present company, but a, a former employer. And we were looking specifically at these kind of cybersecurity type of folks for a very specific, I can't, I can't not, not too detailed because uh, I don't want to get into the secret sauce of it, but you know, these very specific cybersecurity folks and it drove um, everything from a release of a new kind of service line from where we chose in the in-person event uh, all the way to how we talked about it. And then specifically, uh, you know, what online tools we use, like uh, using GitHub, for example, as a way to talk about the, the, uh, you know, the, the release of this service. So, uh, uh, and we got to that point by interviewing the folks that worked for our company that looked a lot like these these folks. So they kind of were our persona, I guess, models, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great insight, Joe. And to kind of layer into Andrea, and you were talking about websites and the importance of kind of cutting through the clutter, right? So Carrie, you had some great points about the importance of the website. Why don't you share some of your insights there? Sure. I mean, I, you know, something that I was also thinking as we were talking about this, you know, 
Joe was um, talking about being able to really hear what the needs are for the customer. I also think we have a value um, because typically organizations like ours that are selling to the government are not selling to just one agency or just one government customer, right? You're, you know, specific, I'm thinking specifically around <laughs> DOD and IC, you know, their, their challenges and needs are in the news. You're reading about them every day. And I think as services providers, we have an opportunity to see where some of the dots can connect. And we're talking about partnerships. And so, you know, building, uh, building out on your websites where you can say, you know, we have a solution or an offering that can touch, that can help connect um, these mission areas or challenges, and we can be a good trusted partner in, in these in these challenges. But then, you know, I've, I've touched on it several times about the fact that what we're putting in a RFP, we need to make sure that that story is there on the website. We're driving them back to see what we've told them that we can offer. And it is it is there for value um, and and trust building, right? Um, and and really, it's it, you've got to make sure that, especially sometimes in a commercial company, um, it's not you're not always highlighting that kind of federal DOD IC public sector use case because you're you know you're commercially focused. But there's got to be a good balance in your message of of the solutions that you're bringing to bear and how those can um, support missions for your government customers, but also where that technology and value that you're building and learning that you're building from the government can also aid in kind of that, um, that private or that co commercial company uh, or commercial offering that you're bringing to, to your other side of your business. Mm -hmm. That's a great point. So making sure it's easy to understand, you know, the value that you're providing. I'm hearing a lot about obviously personalization to really understand what's important and critical to them. So, you know, those are two major takeaways. Um, and we know additionally, you know, if you're trying to get a little bit broader within the agency to have visibility and kind of the death of the cookie, that SEO and making sure that all of those things are kind of optimized on your website too, are going to be really critical as people are trying to search and understand, um, you know, really what it is that you guys do and, and how you provide that value. So, Really great insights here. Um, so I think that leads a little bit into, you know, some of the, we were talking about kind of partnership and how you highlight, uh, you know, the mission and the success that's happening within a particular agency. So what I like to call flattery style campaigns, I know Joe, you called them, and I think also maybe Carrie, uh, customer hero campaigns. I love flattery campaigns, but we got to take a break. So oh, sorry, okay. All right. got to go. So um, stay with us as we're talking about marketing your IT service offerings. You are listening to Market Chat, bringing clarity to the clutter in government marketing. Brought to you by Government Marketing University on Federal News Network. Government Marketing University is an innovative learning platform that applies a collaborative, community-based approach towards knowledge sharing and skills development in the field of public sector marketing. Experts from all corners of the U.S. public sector marketplace, marketers, thought leaders, government, media, and sales, are contributing their knowledge to this unique content-rich platform. Government Marketing University offers training, research, certifications, mentoring, and community resources all in one place. Learn more at gmarku.com. Welcome back to Market Chat by Government Marketing University on Federal News Network, where we bring clarity to the clutter in government marketing. In today's episode of Market Chat, we're talking about marketing your IT service offerings to the government. I'm Luann Brosman. I'm the founder and strategic advisor of Government Marketing University. And my co-host today is Stephanie Geiger. She's our co-founder as well as the executive vice president at Government Marketing University. We also have three stellar panelists today that are all government marketing thought leaders. We have Carrie Drake. She's the director of government marketing at Maxar. We have Andrea Mohammed. She's the vice president of strategy, innovation, marketing and communications at RTI International. And we have Joe Pendry. He's the Vice President Marketing and Communications at Akama. And I think our listeners will clearly um, agree that we've had some great information shared with us today by these panelists, as well as Stephanie and myself. So I'm excited, um, Stephanie, for this last segment, segment number three. So I'm going to pass it back over to you. Thanks, Loanne. And I got too excited at the end to talk about flattery campaigns. <laughs> so we had to transition out, but we're back now talking about flattery campaigns. And if you don't know what that is, you know, I always really liked doing this because it's a lot of times there's some unsung heroes, right? In government agencies, they're doing a lot of really great work. They're not always getting recognized for that work. And um, a lot of times you see more kind of 
negative coverage in the press versus the positive stories. And so as marketers, it's really great. You know, we talked about partnership, and this is another great opportunity to partner with government agencies to highlight the great things that they're doing, um, find ways to, uh, you know, tag on to commentary that they're talking about where there might be a program that they're excited about or some new initiative that they're trying to kind of bring um, out into the public uh, marketplace. And so as marketers, flattery campaigns are great ways to kind of subliminally partner uh, without necessarily um, feeling like you're having to deliver a case study or highlight a specific uh, project that you're personally working on. So we also have other kind of terminologies for them, customer hero campaign. So I know we talked about different ways, again, um, to create partnership and really identify opportunities to highlight the goodness that's happening. So both Carrie and Joe, I know, have great things to kind of say about this. So Joe, why don't we start with you and, and what you guys have been doing from a customer hero campaign's perspective or a flattery campaign? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So the, and I think this harkens back to a couple of things we've talked about earlier, right? So um, the tangibility or intangibility, right? It's all about experience. And so as a marketer, you're like, you're, you're challenged with how, how do I get that, that experience out there? I can't talk about feeds and speeds, right? So that's, that's one thing. And then, then the other thing is that we have, we're often embedded, we're often aligned with customers, you know, you know, day to day. And so that's, that's an advantage. So how do you, how do you work? How do you make that work for you from a marketing perspective? And so you talked about it, Stephanie, that if we can hook into the priorities or even the successes, if it's really a best case uh, of, of the customer in our marketing, then we can, we can hit a home run. And, and, and for us, it's and this, not even as just at Akama, but at other places that I, where I've worked uh, other, other employers, if, if there is a, a milestone, if there is an internal award that, or an award that, that the customer is recognizing for the success of a project, if we can hook into that and help to promote that, and it's all about the customer, because at that point, they're going to want to talk about it, right? Their success is not just within the organization. Um, then, you know, we're, we're going we're gonna to tout that as, as, as strongly as we can, all being that, it, you know, the, I guess the ground rules being that, that it's the customer that, that gets the, you know, the, the, the bulk of the, the promotion there, uh, as right. it should be. So, um, and that can be award nominations, that can be just any digital campaigns, how, however, you know, whatever in, in your marketing mix you want to use. And often what that does is it, it, it really ties your service to what the customer is, is trying to accomplish. And it makes it uh, more clear for other folks who might be buying that same service when they see, oh, this, this, these, this uh, department or agency won an award or, you know, is recognizing for a, a milestone. I'm, I'm interested in that. You know, how can I find out more? And that goes to that other thing that we talked about earlier is how do you, for any marketer, uh, one of the biggest influences is what their counterparts, their peers in government have experienced, right? So we can market all we want about how great we are and how great our service is. But at the end of the day, they are going to put a a, uh, a lot of emphasis on what their peers in the industry in government are saying. And so if we can get at that through a, uh, I call it customer's hero campaign, then uh, that can that can pay a lot of dividends. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Carrie, did you have anything to add to that? Sure. You know, I think it's often challenging um, with services work uh, to be able to really kind of talk about what you're really doing for the customers, but the customers sometimes are able to talk about it. And so when you can continue to highlight and be that amplifier for their message in the market, it really helps um, to lift them up and, and showcase the good work that they're doing. Because similar to what you said with with agencies and, and some of the government, uh, other government customers, the news isn't always positive. People often will pick up the negative stuff. And so when there's an opportunity to highlight the positive and help your customers amplify the positive, um, everybody wins. Their wins are our wins, right? Um, and I love too, Joe, what you're talking about with award opportunities. You know, there's great organizations like GovExec and INSA and FCA and, you know, all of these amazing organizations that give you and your customers opportunities to celebrate their wins um, and celebrate celebrate their people and and see what um, everyone's been able to accomplish by working together, um, and those are just great earned media opportunities. 
Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I remember, you know, back when I was a, a VAR marketer and we, before kind of microsites took off, we were doing our own little microsite and we were interviewing, you know, actual government individuals that we kind of identified as influencers um, within the space. And we interviewed somebody from IARPA and we basically just would create a blog. We would talk to them about kind of what their mission is, try to find ways where we could, again, talk about highlighting some of the success. And they were so excited to get kind of this free opportunity for visibility that they actually printed off the blog and like framed it and hung it in their halls. Like they were so excited about it. We put out, you know, social media to promote the blog and tag them in it. And we just had a lot of traction that happened. So just small little things like that. It's almost just like your own little mini act of kindness, right? That you're highlighting something that's good. And it really is a, a feel good kind of spread. Um, that happens and we saw a lot of success in doing that and we didn't have to go through some of the similar channels for speaking approvals that you would for a case study or something else where you're kind of specifically mapping to your own personal past performance because it was just having a conversation with them about what they're doing and what's important for them um, you know and, and support of their mission so really I think it's a lot of fun and I would encourage marketers to really take a look at is this something that you can implement in your own marketing strategy um, in addition to obviously what we know like the holy grail of, of case studies but it's a really great way to start to build some visibility into you know some of your target customers and again going back to that kind of partnership message of really showing you're in it with them and you're partnering with them and you want to highlight uh, the greatness that they are doing in their roles as, as government servants so I think this uh is a really great opportunity for us to start talking about um, case studies and you know highlighting some of the opportunities where you guys have been able to um, get a case study talking about some examples of where you've been successful and, and being able to partner with those agencies to actually talk about what you're doing um, in support of the work that they uh, need done for their agency um, and go into a little bit of detail about you know what the what the program looked like, how you were able to to get that um, approval, and the process that you went through. So um, I think Andrea, you had some crazy number of case studies that are on your website now. So why don't we start with you? Yeah, thanks so much, Stephanie. Um, so you know when you are uh, you know a research provider like we are, right? It's like the the inherent objectivity we bring is sometimes a bit of an opportunity for being able to do some of that, um, you know, end of project promotional things on, on what we did to, to um, have impact for those clients, right? So we've got somewhere in the neighborhood of like 350 project impact stories on our website that really outline, you know, what our, our clients' problems were, what were the scientific and technical solutions we brought to them and what were the impacts and how did we help serve their mission? And, you know, we also, as an organization, RTI is a nonprofit, and we are mission-driven, and our, our mission is to improve the human condition. So sometimes it's a little bit easier ask for us when we have such mission alignment uh, with our clients. Um, and we never, ever do anything without their permission and approval and review. Um, and that's something that we work through with um, our project leaders who are on the front lines with those clients as a, as a project um, gets to the point of having impact, right? You know, sometimes they're long drawn out and we have methods and research things that we do, but we really want to get to the results. Um, and a little bit back to the, the prior uh, discussion about, you know, uh, helping it amplify your clients' wins and successes, right? That's an opportunity for us. We had a great, I'll give you one, one case study of a case study um, where we were helping the Army um, uh, with a research project about a new treatment for PTSD. And obviously PTSD is a huge problem that all branches of the military um, face. And um, we were the contractor that was working on this research on a new treatment, which was basically a shot in the back of your neck. And it was showing some really promising results. And um, we worked with the client on being able to uh, get peer-reviewed publications on that work. And then it also then led to a lot of media opportunities, and it even was mentioned on 60 Minutes. Now, we didn't get a name mention, RTI didn't get a name mention on 60 Minutes, but our traffic to our website, to that impact story spike, they, you know, it, it served a, a public interest story, right? So not only were we able to help the client, the Army in this case, you know, do really good research, but we were actually helping serve, you know, the American public with this work that we were doing, and it was really mediable. And I just went back um, in anticipation for this conversation. I went back and looked. I'm like, this work was done two years ago. That 
impact story on our website continues to be one of the most traffic um, case studies. We've got 18,000 hits in the last uh, year. Um, wow. And people are spending over 10 minutes on the site, right? So the content is good. The story is good. It's like finding something that people, back to the human-centric side of the story, right? How are people going to connect your clients and your client stakeholders as well? Um, but yeah, I think they're critical, really critical on being able to tell the story about the impact of work that the services are bringing to those clients. Well, and Great. Andrea, yeah, I want to touch on this. Is, okay. No, sorry, Stephanie. Um, yeah, I just wanted to, I, I think Andrea said a couple of things that just sparked, you know, a, a point that I want to drive home to about, you know, Andrea is a not, works for a nonprofit organization. There's so much value from commercial companies and industry partners in getting engaged with nonprofit organizations because of the honest broker that they can be between your your company and your government customer, right? There's value there in getting to, you know, so many of these organizations have the opportunity to work on committees or be engaged and you are working alongside outside of those contracts with these um, nonprofits to accelerate a message, accelerate some, you know, um, opportunities for mission that is a little bit different from being on contract. But that helps you, again, with that credibility, that trust, that relationship building, so that when you're showing up um, for those RFPs and the proposals that you have already built those relationships and people already know the good that you can bring. So there's such a value in building those relationships in our community, too. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's great. I, 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 Oops, sorry, go ahead, Jeff. I was just going to add on the topic of case studies. I think we all we all have a lot to say on case studies, it seems. But uh, I think the, that if you, you go back, everybody, or at least I've been asked a bunch by folks that are on the ground, we should do a case study on this, right? This, this, this is great for a case study. And I think the ones that are most successful are the ones that are most likely. It's, they're, they're, they're not easy uh, for, for, for us anyway, or in my experience, as, as the same experience that Andrea has, because I've never worked for an organization like that. So I'm very jealous, but to get those <laughs> approved. And um, when they are, when those things are something that the customers want, wants to talk about, it's because it's a priority for them. So this goes back to understanding where, where what their priorities are, understanding what they want to talk about, and um, and then and actually knowing it. So we had an example where our, our, at McDill Air Force Base, we had met and I was in the meeting with with the 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 our, our customer about energy savings and resiliency it was a big deal for them. And we manage uh, the operations at that at that at that Air Force Base and came out of that meeting. Great. That's that's important. Then later on heard, oh, we have a really good case study or a good example of where we've delivered on this. And then that that whole process went through very, very clean. It was goes back to customers hero. It kind of ties a lot of things we've been talking about and then, you know, helped us with that customer to help tell their story, right? About, look, we're driving energy savings and resiliency here at the Air Force Base. And then we were able to talk about ourselves that way. So uh, that there's plenty of other case studies that people have asked us to do. And if the, if the customer, it's not their priority, you know, you're, you could you could waste a lot of time. You got to find that out. If you don't have that intimacy, you're not going to be able to suss out which are the ones that are going to be able to to get across the goal line. Absolutely. And we've done, you know, PAO, uh, public affairs officer panels in the past, and they've always said that if you're talking about how you're supporting their mission, then they can kind of get behind um, partnering with you to push that case study through. If it's uh, more of a product pitch or kind of a all about you, then it's a lot harder to, to make that happen. So absolutely right. Great points here. So let's transition into some final thoughts. Um, so we want to make sure Everybody can uh, kind of have their last parting thought here. There's been a lot of really great information that's been shared, great takeaways for our marketers today. So I hope you guys all have been taking great notes. I know I have. Um, so each person just kind of take about 30 to 45 seconds to share, you know, some of your final thoughts with a, a key takeaway message for our audience today. So Carrie, why don't we start with you? Yeah, I, I think this has been a really fun conversation and I look forward to continuing it more. Um, again, I know we're going to have a panel that talks a little bit more on services campaigns. Um, but I, you know, I just think I, I, in my career, I have found that um, I, I like to, to say over and over again, your network is your net worth, right? And so much of government marketing is about the relationships you build both internally and externally and and what you are listening to in the market. So, and then repeating that back to them. So um, just the value of relationships is just really critical. 
Great. Thanks, Gary. How about you, Andrea? Um, yeah, I really want to emphasize the point that the real stars in services marketing are those client-facing employees. How they deliver your services uh, to those clients to help them achieve their mission really is what differentiates you. And so don't lose sight of those you know, frontline employees are the real stars of services marketing. Fantastic. How about you, Joe? One thing I'd add to what we've discussed is that there's a very strong tie in services marketing to your brand. If you're selling quality, you're selling experience, you're selling your brand. And so you need to have a tight brand story. We didn't really get into that. We're an Alaskan-owned company. We had to, to tell that story in a very easy way. We chose video, um, and uh, that's really done wonders for us. Uh, we've produced a video that, that, uh, that uh, actually won some awards, and we're very happy with it. But that is a key thing that was more of a branding effort, but really has paid dividends on the, uh, on the services marketing side. Great. Thank you guys all so much. This was really uh, insightful information. And I know I've learned a lot um, from you guys for, for services marketing, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners did today as well. Back to you, Luann. Thanks, Stephanie. I agree. I just want to add my thanks as well to Joe and Carrie and Andrea for joining us today and providing our listeners with so much great information. I also want to thank our listeners uh, for joining us today on Market Chat, where we bring clarity to the clutter in government marketing. Thank you for listening to Market Chat, bringing clarity to the clutter, sponsored by Government Marketing University on Federal News Network. Government Marketing University is an innovative learning platform that applies a collaborative, community-based approach towards knowledge sharing and skills development in the field of public sector marketing. Experts from all corners of the U.S. public sector marketplace, marketers, thought leaders, government, media, and sales, are contributing their knowledge to this unique, content-rich platform. Government Marketing University offers training, research, certifications, mentoring, and community resources all in one place. Learn more at gmarku.com.